Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages and all the ships at sea, Tony Basilio welcoming you to another edition of your TV show. We've got a big one today, Bri. Bri, what do we have today? Tell the living listener what we have while I fire up Twitter spaces, more spaces in more places with Twitter spaces. It doesn't get any bigger this time of year than Tony V. So Tony Balls cometh here in a matter of moments. All right. And then Chris Lee, who covers SEC baseball in yes. 2014. Yes. He was a he was covering Bandy the year they went down to Clemson and won a regional down there. Yes. So we can get his take on that ballpark and yes. what Tennessee fans can expect when they go down there this weekend. All right. Plus the SEC scheduling latest, which uh, the Athletic late last night, uh, Brian picked up on what we were talking about yesterday. So we've got a lot to get into today. Sean Sinclair brings good news. Cinco, you excited for Tony Valls today? Yeah, I really am. Uh, I think that you know, I'm kind of a not a. Not my whole life, but I've kind of lately. I've kind of been one that uh, don't look back at yesterday. Yep. Um, because you can't do anything about it. I, I suffered from anxiety pretty much my whole life. Good for and, you, uh, man. I never knew that because this is uh, this is um, uh, May is uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, what do they call it? Like um, emotion, uh, Brian. What is it? Mental health awareness. Mental month, health awareness month. Let me tell you something about uh, to young people. As you live your life, do not say to yourself, I should have, I should have, I should have, I should have, I should have. That's called shouldn't all over yourself. You shouldn't do that in mixed company. You shouldn't should all over yourself. Go ahead, Cinco. I'm sorry, buddy. No, it's okay. Well, yeah, I echo those sentiments. Uh, that's a, um, well, now that we're off on that, that detour, it's a, it's a silent killer. Yep. And um, Very dark. don't... Uh, if you're out there and younger than me, please don't suffer for decades mm-hmm. thinking, I'll just get used to this or this is the way it's supposed to be. It's not the not, way it's supposed so. to be. It's not. My okay. God tells me not to worry. Although I am the chief worrier and chief bottle washer, my worrying and worrying is the most um, worrying does nothing. It does not. It's the most nonproductive emotion you can carry around with you. I know we weren't going to talk about it, but here's the crippling part of it. I used to worry so much, and then I would give it to God, and I would still worry, so I'd feel guilty about worrying. That's right. I mean, it's the stupidest cycle you can get into, and yet I suffered from it. But, hey, you know what? Many, 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 many people have way more issues than Amen. than I had. So I'm blessed. So anyway, but the whole, the, what I was trying to say is that... If you look back at the season for the baseball balls, and if you look back at the SEC tournament, certainly not the the way they wanted it to go. But as you said, they've got ten days to put. I mean, it's a new season. And I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be cute here or funny. It, it literally is a new season. You wake up today, and <clears throat> they will not from now until the end of college baseball this year. Tennessee will not face better pitching than they faced all year. They faced schemes. They faced everybody. <clears throat> they they will not face a better 
um, defensive team than they've already faced this year. They will not face a team that hits better than teams they face this year. They will not go to rowdier ballparks. They just won't. The hard part of the year is over, and there are only a few teams left in their way. They don't have to pay play 32 or 62 teams. They just got to play the couple teams that are in front of them to get to Omaha. And so I think that's encouraging because you can turn the chapter on what happened this year. Like I said, just turn it over and start anew. Easier said than done, but I really look forward to them. And then when you take a look at the precedent, the past two years has already been established with Mississippi and Mississippi State. Go there with your head on fire, 100 miles an hour, let it loose. You got nothing to lose. Let's get after it. Well, and not only that, Sean, but I've got good news for you and good news for the living fan. And I I have not talked to Tony about this, but I know this to be the case because I know it to be the case. Just like the other day, people think, well, Tony tipped uh, Tony off regarding the Clemson deal. No, he didn't. I haven't haven't texted or talked to Tony in several weeks uh, simply because I want to give him his space, and then we'll talk MMA once a year is over, and that's the truth. This uh, 10-day break, they've done some baseball, but it hasn't been baseball intensive. They've gotten their guys away from it. They've gone to top golf. They've done a couple other team outing kind of things. Lay by the pool. They've yeah. They've that kind of stuff. They've basically took out. Said let's take a break. And you know what? I think that's smart. I think there's a time to put the pedal to the metal, and I think there's a time to say, hey guys, let's recharge. You guys know what you have to do. We know what we have to do. Uh, let's relax and just, we've put in the work here. They're plenty good enough. These guys are plenty good enough. He's like, yeah, you're being a sheep. Look, they saw their issues. That's fine. Everybody has issues. This park they're going to play in, if they can get Blake Burke going, they can easily get through that regional. That's not going to be, and, but it won't be easy because the Clemson team's pretty darn good who's won 16 straight games. But when we continue, Tony Valls joins, and then Chris Lee breaks down what we have in store because he's seen Vandy go through Clemson, plus he follows that sport unlike any other of southeastern14.com. So, ton to get into today, very little time to get there. Tony Valls cometh, the Iceman, on the other side as we continue on your Wednesday edition, Dr. Sean Sinclair with us. Tennessee continues to tear it up in football recruiting. We'll talk about that. The SEC schedules as well, the latest and greatest. The Athletic uh, last night picking up on our reporting uh, yesterday regarding uh, the twists and turns in this thing. Are they going to go with a two-year stopgap stop compromise? Go over to tclub.team. I kind of lay out there what the what they're talking about in terms of the stopgap compromise, which will allow them to kick the can down the road for two more years. Plus, there's a word there about what the basketball schedule will look like as well. Tony Valls, right after this. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Have you heard the news? The Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools has a new day and time. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus Saturdays at 10 a.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM to hear all about what's happening in and around Murray County Public Schools. The Big Yellow School Bus with Jack Cobb and friends on Front Porch Radio, Saturdays at 10 a.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. Every time this guy comes on our show, he blows up our infrastructure. I mean, I don't know how many listeners we can hold at one time, but every time the number one paisan, according to the Italian-American Club of uh, Greater Mascot, comes on this program on the TLD Logistics Hotline, Tony Vitello joins us. This will be one of the last things he does before the team departs and heads over to Clemson, South Carolina, where a date with Charlotte awaits on Friday. And, Tony, let's park here. Uh, Your thoughts on the draw, my friend, as I welcome you in, and congratulations on the year. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, Fortunate to have an opportunity to do what all these kids dream of and and go a long way, but you can't do that without – you know, winning at least one game. So we're focused on Friday, and we'll play Charlotte, a team that, man, did we not play well when we went and visited them a couple of years ago. So that's that's well in the rearview mirror. There's no revenge or anything like that. But we want to keep playing our best ball and, and certainly present a better effort against that particular program. Uh, but Lipscomb, a familiar face. Uh, Clemson, uh, a team that we played in the fall a couple of years ago as well. Uh, but I just answered somebody uh, that asked me about it uh, earlier this morning. I don't get too much into – I don't even watch the selection show. Uh, just let us know what our assignment is, and we'll attack it as best as we can. I think the one thing you can speak to is it's nice to only have a three-hour drive. There's other teams that have – you know, Texas Tech is a great program. They've got to travel all the way to Gainesville from Lubbock. Uh, there's many other examples out there. I think in Kentucky, if you're in their regional – you have to stay in the dormitories because uh, there's no hotel rooms. So, all in all, we've got good competition. It's going to be that way everywhere in the country. It's relatively close, and it's going to be in an SEC-type environment down there in Clemson. AT, uh, I said I was going to do this yesterday, and people think I'm pandering. But, you know, I- I've spent the better part of this year being very Philadelphia towards your baseball team. <laughs> and then somebody called and said, I think it was, I think it was, I forget who it was. One of our callers called in and said, no, it was Eric Waddell of our, of our team. He said, you do realize, this is right before the SEC tournament, or no, right after you guys got beat, and we were just on here cutting promos on everybody and just ripping everybody. And, man, I apologize because, first of all, since you've been here, you've lived in this thing. And your team's been kind of maddening this year, but they've been maddening to you. They've been kind of maddening to themselves. It's just been kind of a maddening year. But 
you guys are back in the, this is the 13th appearance in the NCAA tournament for Tennessee baseball. You've been a part of half of them, essentially, or well over a third of them. Um, and uh, I just feel like a heel, man. I feel like a heel today because we've been really hard on you guys on this show. Well, you, you know, you can play both sides. Hulk Hogan was the hero and the heel, and we, I think we love him to death for, for, for being both. So I'll speak for the Knoxville community. We love you, and it's part of your job. I mean, you've got to say what you see on the field, and you pull out the most popular topics to talk about, and there could be something that takes place in a game that's a positive, but it's boring in a negative that's more attractive, and then it could flip and be the other way, too. I mean, we could lose a game, but there could be a, a crazy, valiant effort by a pitcher on the mound or whatever it might be, and you could pull that from it. So, um, you know, all in all, I think you give the fans what they want, and then with any season, there's going to be pros and cons. But with this season, now that there's a new standard of expectation within the program and by our fan base, um, there's been things that are frustrating. And there's also been things, as we stand here today, that you can be proud of. Yeah, I think it's really well put. Walk me through the, the, the preparation here, and then I'll bring Sean in here. But I understand from talking to a little birdie that you guys this year have sort of deviated. You've taken the time here during the reset to do team activities, to... I don't want to say take the focus off baseball, but to sort of lighten the load. First of all, is that accurate? And if it is, can you walk us through some of the things that you've done, maybe that are a little different with this group? Yeah, I think it's fairly accurate. Um, depends on your perspective. But I, I think one thing that we've done is recognize we've had some guys competing their butt off. I mean, I don't know if you want to touch on the topic, but let's talk about it, Hoover. Uh, you talk about whether our guys are competing. Camden Sewell, every time he goes out there, <laughs> you know, I'll let everybody fill in the blanks, but that guy's given everything he's got left, and there's not a lot left. Um, you know, and then some other guys, you know, are performing in different roles in an event we've asked a lot of them. Uh, Jared Dickey slide into home plate like a maniac. The bodies and the arms needed rest is what I'm getting at. So we wanted to make sure physically our guys got back to neutral as much as you can this late in the year. Um, and then mentally, it's been a grind this year, probably more than any season I've been a part of uh, in the SEC. That would include times at Arkansas, good and bad. Um, there's just been a lot of outside noise, crazy things going on within games. So mentally, get back to neutral as best as you can. Um be around each other, but we just got done with about a seven, eight-day road trip. Let's not be around each other too much where you want to kind of punch each other. So um, try to find that balance in all those categories. And one thing is, hey, get to the field and get your work in, but but go home after. Like, if it needs to be a short day and no more, no less, then let's do that. Um, we've allowed our guys, Top Golf took care of us. Yeah. Uh, to go over there and, and mess around a little bit. And there's been a couple other ones like that, too, whether they be barbecues or these knuckleheads think they can even out their farmer's hands just in a couple days of being out in the sun. Um, whatever it is, I, I think we've tried to make decisions again. Let these guys get back to neutral. We got them to the point, or they got themselves to the point, where we were playing our best ball mm -hmm. in the back half of the season. Um, 
So, so if they get back to neutral, I don't want to say pick up where you left off because it's a fresh start for everybody on Friday. Um, but, you know, continue to move forward from the, the point that we had to work really, really hard to get to. Before I bring Sean in here, that the last time we saw you, God, man, what a frustrating game. And from your perspective, I know it's frustrating, um, but there's also a blessing in that. Going out early in the moment really sucks, but there's a real blessing. Like, this is a real second season now for you guys. You get, like, a 10-day break. That doesn't happen very much. Very much. No, it, it doesn't. And I'll only use these two names because I, I have the strongest relationship with Coach O'Sullivan and Coach Van Horn at Arkansas and Florida. And on Saturday, I did not watch those games, but I had somebody tell me they both looked like they wanted to get the heck out of there. <laughs> and it's there's all these conspiracy theories with the SEC tournament. Trust me, it's the most competitive of players and coaches and fan bases. You want to win every game there. But even last year, it was the ninth inning of the championship, and I wasn't thinking about the trophy or our guys going to dogpot or whatever the regional kept popping into my mind and it's, it's there for you as a coach. And so what ultimately you want to do is make sure you can get your pitching lined up the right way and get set for that regional opportunity. Um, and I think, yeah, going out the way we did was frustrating. Uh, crazy unique set of circumstances with that kid throwing the way that he did. And I spoke with him in the hallway and hats off to him. But I don't think anyone expected him to do what he did against us, and he did. He was better than us that day. So let's get home, let's get rested, and let's get focused on, uh, again, what what is not even arguably, just factually, is the most important day is Friday at a regional as opposed to a conference tournament game for a team that's going to get a bid for sure. Tony Vitello joining us on the TLD Logistics Hotline, online at tldlogistics.com. Go ahead, Sink. Coach, I uh, appreciate you being on here today, and I think I'm, I don't know if this is a crack or a, or a fluff, but you took the medicine from Tony, so here's a little candy. Um, <laughs> you're the two-time defending uh, National Coach of the Year in college baseball, and yet this year I would argue that you did your best job coaching uh, given the circumstances. I know that sounds odd to people, uh, but when you guys were – just absolutely clubbing baby seals the past two years. Um, it, it just seemed like no matter what you did was the golden touch. And this year, I, I was at every game, watched every game. Um, I, I could see the frustration, whether that's my interpretation right or wrong. But uh, uh, I just think wanted to at least acknowledge uh, that the the irony of the coach of the year versus how you know the actual performance of that. That being said, before you got on the on the on the air, I, I said to Tony and the listeners that I think it's a great opportunity for you guys because one, you will not find better pitching in the tournament than you've already faced. You will not find better fielding than you've already faced. You will not find better hitting than you've already faced. You will not go to a stadium that's rowdier than what you've already faced. So in a lot of ways, it is downhill. And they're just a few teams away or in your way from Omaha. You don't have to pay, play 64 teams. You, you got a few teams you got to play. And um, I was encouraged what Tony said about the reset you guys did. 
And uh, I appreciate it, regardless of the record compared to the other two years. I appreciate what you guys did today, and uh, I say go Vols, go get them. Awesome. Well, well said in my opinion, and I, I appreciate your opinion. What it does is it, it puts things into perspective, whether it be rankings or awards or debates on the air, who can do this or that. And I think the bottom line is with this team in particular, it did not come as easy as it did. Last year we were able to kind of give the keys to the car to Trey Lipscomb or Evan Russell or Blade or whoever and, and let them dictate things. This year I think the frustration you saw was real, and it wasn't as much into the outcomes as, as it was to some of the preparation, some of the execution, uh, just some of the character not being what we wanted to be here. And I, I don't know that we've reached exactly where we want. So that's what's exciting to me is if we can keep playing, the potential to keep moving forward is there with this group. And that kind of, again, comes with a negative at the front end of the season and a positive at, at the back end. So I, I don't know. that There's plenty of things we would do different, and maybe there are some things we did well. Um, but my playing – this will sound arrogant, but if anything here <laughs> – my, my playing career was very frustrating, and I wanted to quit, but I never quit. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I mentioned Sully and Van Horn. I ain't even close to those two guys if you're going to hand out coach of the year based on ability. But I ain't going to quit trying ever. And if I got any of that in my blood at all, I'll quit. I don't care if I'm age, whatever age it is. Um, and our coaching staff is right in line with that. So we kept trying, kept trying, kept trying. And uh, – it could have got sideways for us, and it could have went in a bunch of different directions. And we have some kids that were key players in it, some support staff coaches that were key players in it. And um, we're in a good spot. We're in the same spot everybody else is on Friday. It's not in front of our fans, which we want. It's more motivation to do that next year. Um, but it's in an environment, like you said, that we've seen. We've seen it. Coach, you won a series most recently in the state of South Carolina just uh a few weeks ago, and the last time before that, you went to the state of South Carolina. You took a series from the Gamecocks. Are you going to play it up that the fact that when we come to this state, we come out victorious? I think maybe I should now that you say it out loud, but I think the one we've done already ahead of time and will continue to do so is, again, the theme for this year is here's all these puzzle pieces some of them are better than people think, and some of them are not as good as people think. But there's enough to make this puzzle work. But it, it's, it's like the one that's laying on the floor, and you got to start from scratch. Um, and we've started to put those together. And in doing so, we found a way to win our first road series. Uh, and that includes playing at Grand Canyon, um, everywhere else we've been. And, and we've been able to win some games, you know, in Baton Rouge or wherever it might be. But that was our first road series. And so regardless of where that took place, it was very important, in my opinion, for our team to check that box. And we did it. And quite frankly, we're in a decent position. I wonder what happens if we play two nine-inning games over there. We're in a decent position to, you know, maybe win that second game. And who knows, maybe that means we, we definitively win that third game as well at South Carolina. Tony Vitello on the way out. Um, yesterday we had Cam Fisher on the program, who's really impressive. This guy's got 30 home runs on the year, hit six over the weekend, 12 or so RBIs. I mean, this uh, in his league tournament, he carried his team essentially. And then they had this kid that transferred from uh, Kentucky, 
who threw 170 pitches over the weekend to get him through, and he's probably going to get the ball Friday night. You guys don't like to say who starts, but isn't it going to be great irony when Lindsey takes the hill against them and he's facing a kid who leads uh, the nation in home runs uh, from our backyard? I mean, that's some that's some pretty good irony when you when you put when you put uh, a Lindsey on the hill Friday. Yeah, and, and to add to what you're saying, um, Austin Knight uh, is their typically their second baseman. He's played all over the infield. And Austin was a kid that we loved. I don't want to speak for him, but I think he loved us. Mm. And during that COVID lockdown, we kept having the conversations, and it was kind of a reluctant from both sides. Um, with all these guys coming back, maybe you move on. And it's been a great thing for him. He's played very well there. So there, there's plenty of things that are unique to this two versus three matchup compared to others across the country. Yeah. But the one thing that's not unique is every two, three across the country, this is what I told our guys, it's going to be two guys who could probably pitch in the big leagues at some point in the future. It's going to be two teams that are real. And while you'd rather be the two seed than the three seed maybe for a few different reasons, if you had your pick, it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter. The one gets to be the host, and the four is is typically a team that's a little bit more of an underdog. But the two, three, it, it's the same thing uh, every year at every site. And Lindsey's getting the ball Friday, tongue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Um, I, I didn't. No, uh, we're not trying to hide anything on that. So nothing behind not releasing it. But they did ask me during the media. And you never know, a kid throws a bullpen, he's a little sore, or something pops up. Um, what I don't ever want to do is backtrack, but that, that's been the plan all along, and he'll, he'll get the ball on Friday. You know, one final thought for you, this, this new season concept, right? That had to be really painful for you to watch what Blake Burke went through this year. Mm-hmm. But he kept fighting, you know, which you got to appreciate, because that's got to be very difficult, very humbling for him. People talk about you being the next Todd Helton. You're going to set the record for home runs here. You're going to do it. And then, and then you go out and you can't hit a ball hard for a couple months, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, any sense that he's going to put it together in the offseason? Because we've seen that before. You get a 10 day break, that's how the sport is. is. Is it in there for him? I think one thing I've seen is the frustration. Um, that was going on in Hoover, which was almost a distraction, how frustrated he was. Well, it was a distraction. Yeah. It it didn't lose any steam the next couple of days. Because guys, again, we went light, but guys were here every day. And it was still there. Well, we've all experienced, you know, when you're angry at your girlfriend or your wife or your brother, that's exhausting. You can only do it so long, no matter how good you are at grudges. And I'm Italian like you. I'm pretty dang good at it. But it's very tiring mentally to do that and emotionally. And I think there's been enough time that he's kind of moved on from those feelings. So if he's to take off, I think he's one of those examples of this gap in game to game was huge for him. Because really, it's been a tale of almost two seasons for him. Or, you know, if you're going to put in a cartoon character, almost like the Two-Face Batman guy. He chooses to be confident. He's electric. And when things get frustrating for him, it's frustrating for everybody to watch. He's the same guy. It's just two different mindsets, and it ends up being two different swings. 
so which one we get ultimately is up to him. We can point things out to him, and, and I always try and take blame, but it, it's up to him. And it's I can go around the horn for you. There, there's a different version for every guy. Do you want your best version? When Maui knew that Enrique Bradfield was up, that kid's the most locked-in shortstop I've ever coached, and he made a couple plays against the fastest player in the country because he knows them um, and he has the ability to do it. A um, couple plays that no one else in the country makes. Right. So there's an example with him. So these guys have had the time to reset and recognize what's the best version of me. they got to make the choice, regardless how difficult circumstances are, to be the best version of them. And that way we can all sleep well at night, regardless of how the outcome goes. AT, 6,500-seat ballpark, ample opportunity for our fan base to get over there. We'll give you an opportunity to talk to our fans or add anything else you want to on the way out. Because I think a bunch of our people uh, are going to travel, especially that Saturday opportunity. Uh, the weather's going to be really good. Um, and if, uh, if we're fortunate enough Friday night to get through, that's going to be one hell of a show over there on Saturday and through the weekend. Yeah, I, I think regardless, I mentioned going into the Lions then to our guys yesterday, and, and by that I didn't mean we don't play Clemson right now. They're not on the schedule. Yep. But just the vibe in the air in general and in a place where all four teams can travel fans because it's a close drive, it, it'll be electricity from the get-go all the way till the end. And It's a cool park. There might be something there we can take away for our upcoming construction, mm. uh, but more importantly to what you speak on, we want to keep that theme of uh, have balls, baseball, we'll travel. We've just had great fans around us. Um, you know, they're willing to cheer us on. And yeah, you, every now and then you get a front runner, but that's part of the deal. They paid their tickets so they can do whatever they want. Um, but on the surface, it can seem like it's really hard to get a ticket. If you want to go over there and you want to watch, you'll be able to get a ticket. Uh, so hopefully those that are passionate about following us in person or just want to see a great environment. Um, or that think you can help us win because they do, uh, then bring it on. But you need to leave off, get off the media people paying their way in, Tony. <laughs> I mean, that comment you had there, you need to take some of your big money and, and, and pay pay for Wes Rucker's uh, entourage to get in. Uh, I'll throw this out right now. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know the rules. I was more asking than anything, uh, and then maybe threw out a joke. If you, because I don't think you have, if you want to attend a UFC event with a family member or a friend, I will buy your UFC tickets to your first ever event you see in person since we chat about it every now and then. But I don't think you've seen one in person. I have not, T. Maybe well, I'll tag along with be, you down in Houston in July, you know? I don't think you want to see my behavior when I get <laughs> I don't think you want to see mine. Hey, Tone, hey, uh... Good luck this weekend, man. Thanks. Okay, appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Heat a man. So Lindsay starts Friday. Brian, I told you I could shake it out of him. I put that in the blog today. That was uh, what I was trying to accomplish. Break a little news here. It's what we do, Cinco. You get results, Tony. It's what we do, Cinco. You get results. You get it out of them, Tony. You're like the uh, Roy Firestone of uh, of interviewing you people. You dated yourself there. Hey, Cinco, we... Um, we got a chance this weekend. It's fun. We got a chance. I think so. I, I think so because um, I think you've got some guys. Um, there's a, probably a pretty good 
backstory book that could be written about this team, and and I don't know oh. any particulars, and I, that's honest. But you, I've, again, I've seen enough sports, and I've been around enough high-profile teams on the outside looking in, but I've seen enough of that to know when the when the clubhouse, when the community, when the culture oh. is not is not what you what you want it to be. Does oh. not mean anybody's a bad kid or misbehaving or something like that. But you can you can tell something's off. Uh, but you know now, I think I think a lot of the kids are noticing that it's the end of their career. Like for Evan Russell, it was it's the end of their college career, and they have something else, and they. Everybody wants to leave on a positive note, whether you're here one year, three years, or four years. And so, I think if um, I, I think if they go down there with the minds, you know, and actually getting away from home and some of the stuff that happened right here might be just the perfect salve for this team. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Chris Lee, Brian, on the other side's that right? Tony spent spun my head around there. He was so good. Yes. I'm like yes. I'm, I'm like punch drunk in love right now. I'm so crazy in love, so crazy in love. Now, let's not get cringy. All right, more on the other side as we continue. Uh, Chris Lee sets a tone for us over in Clemson. Uh, he of southeast14.com. And, and by the way, um, we got some information on the schedule stuff as well. Uh, they might just stop gap it for a couple years. They might just put a tourniquet on it. Kick it, kick the can down the road. Really, really interesting what's going on at the league level as we continue after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. 
Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Each week on History's Hook, we'll be bringing you interesting and informative stories from the past in an effort to connect the history in our own backyard to the big events that compose national and world history. I'm your host, Tom Price. This is not your high school history class. We're going to make history fun and compelling. We're going to get you hooked. History's Hook with your host, Tom Price, Saturdays at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m., right here on WKOM 101.7 FM Front Porch Radio. Join us for a journey through time. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. You got it. Smoke's on the road, but that's uh, all-you-can-eat Wednesday. It's always a way to go to smokes. As we welcome you back, 865-200-5402. You will bow your head when you say his name. The great Chris Lee is going to join us. Also, Bri, uh, later on in uh, our second hour, we're going to talk some Clemson baseball, and we're going to preview our Lady Vol series as well. So we've got a bunch of busy stuff going on here, a bunch of crazy stuff. And then lurking in the background is this scheduling stuff. This scheduling stuff, when I talk about it, last week as we were discussing it, the 7 plus 1, it was making people extremely angry. But um, uh, it was making people extremely angry. But what am I supposed to do, Sean, not talk about it? What, what was I supposed to do? I mean, not not talk about it, Sean? What were we supposed to do here? Look, you just like he said, you're Italian, and you do Italian very well, and you get... Uh, you, you you lean a little bit further off the ledge than some, uh, but it's okay. You're always fair, and uh, I think I think you've been more than fair uh, with Tony and with this club. Yeah, it's. Um, I think uh, everything looks like it's trending in the right direction, and some of what was going on may have been deserved, but. This is what counts. This is what you're playing for. This is what you're pointing towards. It's Friday, 6 p.m. You and got you it. can write and erase a lot of things that went wrong early in the season if you 
have a good performance this weekend. And the thing about Clemson's ballpark is, is it's Lindsey Nelson-esque. And here to fill in the details for us is the great Chris Lee, southeastern14.com. Give them a follow over on YouTube, etc. on the TLD Logistics hotline, online, tldlogistics.com. Soon as that Tennessee game, by the way, goes final Friday night. We are live with you, Garza Law, Extra Innings, Marcos Garza, the Garza Law Firm. He's licking his bumps after the Celtics got eliminated. Uh, and um, let's bring Chris Lee in now. Without further ado, Chris Lee, que pasa, amigo. Always good to talk to you, my friend. <laughs> K-Possum, my man. Thanks for having me. Chris, we just had Tony Valls on a second ago. They're going to throw Lindsay on Friday night against his old club. There's a kid here in Knoxville uh, who has uh, leads the uh, leads America in home runs, playing for the other squad. Uh, this is kind of what it's all about. You're very familiar with that ballpark, having seen Vanderbilt f- fight their way out of a region a couple years ago. Tell us about the dimensions, the ballpark, the way it plays. It's been a while since I've been there, and I've actually been there once to cover a super regional. It was Clemson and Paul Roberts back in the, the CSTV days where they'd pay freelancers to go places, and I, I got that one. Um, it, it can't get out of there at times. I remember Vanderbilt played there in, I said, played back-to-back years, 2017 and 18, won both times. I think it was 18. In the title game, and Clemson's pitching was running on fumes. They hit nine home runs, including three by Connor Kaiser, who barely hit three the rest of his career combined. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it can get out. I would think if you were Tennessee, in that kind of scenario, it's not the worst place you can play, although you know, Clemson's pitching did a pretty fair job of, of preventing runs, uh, as Tennessee did too, of course. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting matchup. I don't think it's the one you want if you're Tennessee. I think you would have. Whether gotten sent to Indiana State or any place that wasn't winning 16 in a row in the Power Conference, uh, but but I think that's one that a lot of people have got circled for, for that reason and for the reason that you mentioned with the pitching of Lindsey going against his former team. Uh, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to watch. Give me your assessment of that Clemson club. Winners of 16 straight, playing the ACC. The scores are higher in that league. So the you know the numbers are interesting. Though they play in a little park, they play the inside game, a la Kentucky. Uh, give me your sense of them. I haven't watched them a ton. I try to spend my time mostly on the SEC. I've researched them a little bit. You know, they've, they've got two good pitchers. It looks like they're going to be holding their good one for the Saturday night game or their better one. Uh, they've got a pretty neat bullpen. They don't have a ton of power. I think they hit what was it fifty six. Uh, 64 home runs was maybe looking at it now. Uh, but they got a lot on base, guys. 459, 485, 427, 409, 388, 398 for, for their top guys. And then a, a 464 phone in there, too. Um, that's the kind of team that can really challenge you. I mean, you've got to, when you get late in a regional, every team runs out, of, or most teams run out of pitching at some point. Uh, and when it drops off, um, you know, sometimes that guy six to seven or wherever it is, that's where a team like that can really get in trouble. Taking pitches, forcing walks, you know, a bleeder, a blooper, a gaffer, and all of a sudden you've opened up a big inning. And I think on, on paper that's the kind of team they look like. Um, it reminds me, and I know he's only been there one year, uh, and so you've got a limited amount of time to create a team and a program in your image. But it's a little different with the transfer portal now. And Eric Mockett, who was 
Tim Corbin's top guy at Dandy way back when, and I got to know Eric a little bit and really liked him before he went on to Michigan. It looks like on paper they built their team a little bit the way that Corbin has built most of his Vandy teams. And so if you're familiar with that style of play, it looks a little bit like that's what you're going to get with the Tigers. Yeah, and the book on them is they're not going to hurt themselves. You know, which my my yeah. main concern, we just had Tony Vitello on, and I had to kind of apologize on the front end to him for how rough we were on their team during the year on here because, I mean, I went crazy at times because it's maddening when Tennessee has that deal where they can't field a baseball. It's just maddening. And 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 uh, that's my biggest concern about the Vols this weekend. If I trusted their defense, I would pick them to get out of there. I don't know that I'm going to pick them or not pick them. That's, I don't know if that's, that's my place right here. But just looking at it from 10,000 feet, if I trusted their defense, I would think they would get out of there. Yeah, I mean, and, and you saw that get rewarded in the Hoover a little bit um, with, with teams that could make plays against Clemson to different ballpark. But postseason, sometimes it's about who can keep their composure in, yep. in, a, in a moment. And, and I, they did have issues with that at times. Uh, right side of the infield defense when I watched them was, was an issue a lot, although it seemed like it was an issue less later in the year. Here's another thing you worry about if you're Tennessee. Clemson sold 97 of 119 times on the bases. Yes. So they're going to really force you and, 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 you know, only 19 sacrifice hits. Um, so they don't appear to bunt a lot, but, you know, sometimes you could butt for a hit. I mean, they're going to, and Eric Bockage, when he was at Vanderbilt, he coached third a lot of times. He was incredibly aggressive. I had a joke that said it was Eric Bockage's flying circus because it just seemed like he sent runners nonstop. Um, I don't know if that's the way that he managed this year at Clemson, but uh, if, if that's the style of play they go, if Tennessee doesn't maintain his composure and make the plays in front of them, uh, you, you see a lot of teams fall apart in that spot in the regional. And that, uh, that on paper to me looks like a place where they, they had better be prepared to play. Yeah, that's really uh, a really good point. All right, let's do buy-sell. Who in this league are we buying coming into the weekend? Who in this league are we selling now that we've seen the draws? Oh, man. Um, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm not down on any of the 10 teams that got in. I do question whether A&M can pitch the way that it pitched all week in Hoover because that was an aberration. I mean, I know that's a team that had some pitching talent, but, man, they, they couldn't get anything out of anybody most of the year other than Oshenbeck, their, their reliever. I, I guess I would say if I'm selling, it might be there. People tend to hop on a team when it gets hot. And a was, look, that was a great team. That was preseason top five or six in a lot of polls. And so sometimes you see this in the postseason – uh, the water returns to its own level, and, and if that's what you think A&M is, then, then maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm just not sure if they can do that again, um, going on the road, taking a long flight out to the West Coast. Uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. I, I, I would like to see a lot more at home. Um, and maybe not playing a team that's 16 in a row, but if I'm Clemson, that, that's one of those I don't think anybody was probably happy for that draw. If I'm Clemson, I'm going, please don't send us Tennessee. Yeah. If I'm Tennessee, I'm going, please don't send us out of Knoxville because of the record there. So I don't know how that settles. I think you probably nailed it already in terms of everything. Um, you know, Vandy's one a lot of people have got questions about um, with, the, with the pitching situation, Hunter Owen through three innings and Hoover. 
He's been their best pitcher. He's barely pitched the last month. Carter Holton, their one is out. He might pitch in Omaha if Vanderbilt gets there. Andrew Dukanich, who was supposed to be their four, hasn't pitched since mid-March with a hamstring, and they might get him back for Omaha. And, and you look at it and say, Vandy's not a team that really scares you with, with power in a game where a three-run homer can beat you. That's not how they're built. But this is the same team that just went through all that and went through the loser's bracket and won the whole thing in Hoover and, and a coach that knows how to do it. Um, so, man, I don't, I don't know. I have a hard time answering that question. If you made me pick one team, I would probably go Texas A&M uh, because I think a lot of people's opinions are based on recency bias. But then again, as I said before, if you back out and go to the start of the season, uh, that it was a team that's supposed to be pretty good, and frankly, the pitching could have been worse. I think the fact that I'm having such trouble finding a, a team to be down on tells you a lot about the strength of the league. I mean, it was, it was everything that I think people hoped it could be before the season. I know the eight national seeds got a lot of criticism probably from some corners. I thought mm-hmm. it was totally deserved. I would have had Carolina in. Maybe Carolina's the team. Uh, now that I think about it, because that, that's not the easiest of regionals. That's not a team that's played well. I don't know entirely what their hitting situation coming into the weekend is. I guess if I had to pick one home team, that would probably be it. But that's a team, Tony, that when I saw them at times, and they had most of the parts, they looked as good as anybody in America to me, but they had some of the same issues Tennessee had with kicking balls around, and that gives me a little pause, too. You, you know, six of the eight teams last year got to um, uh, were non-hosts, were non-national seeds, which yeah. is a really, really crazy number. Do you think this year it reverts back to what it should be? Probably. Um, Wake, to me, was a clear number one team in the country. But the, the thing I do worry about is that I do think, and I think he was a really, really good league, but it's not the SEC. And, and I right. wonder if some of these SEC teams are going to find it a little easier playing teams outside the league until they get to Omaha. And, you know, if, if that's the case, uh, the they have hated the top 16 seed, uh, you know, would, would bode well for that proposition. And yep. Again, I think Wake is probably the best team in the country, but they didn't play the same schedule. They are in the limelight this way in a way they've never been. Yep. Usually teams that are in that spot, and I saw it multiple times in Nashville with Vandy, they stub their toe a few times before they get to where everybody thinks they should be. So that's where I'm having trouble I guess if I knew what Wake was going to do with all that and how it's going to handle being in the spotlight, I'd have a better grasp. But I think you probably have to go with the best team um, and not read expectations into it in terms of making a law. But uh, those are just some thoughts I have there. I think it's going to be very interesting. But I do think that it's going to be – my suspicion is going to be a little bit more chalk-like uh, in Omaha than it, than it was a year ago. The great Chris Lee on the TLD Logistics Hotline, online at tldlogistics.com. Chris, tell the living listener where they can find you, and uh, your content's incredible, and you guys are cranking it out here during baseball. Yeah, I uh, haven't been cranking out as much this week. We had a had family vacation scheduled, and, and so I did some stuff Monday, and I'll do some things when um, the, the results start to roll in Friday afternoon or Friday night. Uh, I'll be back in the States on Saturday. But uh, we have our stuff at, at YouTube. Just look up Southeastern 14. Certainly when I get back to town, we'll be covering it wall-to-wall. We'll get back to some previewing and some stuff like that. I had to take a little bit of time off for the family for sanity's sake. But uh, when, when the ball starts getting rolled out there again on um, 
on Friday, we'll be there for you. Love you, brother. Good. Hey, have fun with your family, and uh, be blessed, my man. God bless you guys. Thanks. You too. Great, great, great dude. Cinco, it's got to be our hope. ACC, SEC, two different leagues. Wake Forest, uh, for instance, has to wear the yoke of being the number one overall seed in the tournament. Since 1999, that team has not gotten through. We saw that last year here. It's very difficult. From Tennessee's perspective, you've got to hope you're playing in two different leagues. And you said earlier that you're not going to see, when you play in this league, you're just not going to see tougher competition than the meat grinder we just went through. Well, for your consideration, this calendar year, so the exact same players, no new additions, the number one team and the number one seed in the tournament came here this fall and over an 18-inning extended game, Tennessee beat the living hell out of them. Matt Dixon was there for that. He so said, was I. No fluky. No fluky. No I mean, fluky. They, you know, the first nine innings we had to get uh, we had to get our thing going, uh, but the second nine innings just I mean almost practically run ruled them. Same you can't exact report players. Hey, you can't report though on scrimmages because Sacco will come right. after you, Cinco. Well, and I don't want Sacco coming after Cinco, Bry. We don't want that on here, Bry. I don't want Sacco coming after Cinco, Bry. On this show, yeah. on the show, no, you got to. Uh, you, you can't. You can't upset the boss. I don't want to upset Tom. He runs a town. Yeah. Tom runs a town here. I don't want Sacco coming after Cinco on here. <clears throat> Take a break. Yeah, I, so, I thought always. Stephen F. Stephen F. and Pearl doesn't run the town. He like used to run the town, then he handed it to Sacco, who now runs the town. But let me do this. Let's keep it live and legal, and then hour two begins right off the Rick Cold here. Check this out. And we're in hour number two, as I promised you, moving left to right across your device and across your dial. I don't want Sacco upset, upset at us, so Cinco did not mean to talk about a scrimmage on here because you can't do that even if you have eyes and ears on it even if you know what happened those of you that follow the twitter sphere know that when he clapped at me uh brian was that like a year and a half ago i kind of clapped back i kind of finished that deal with him a lot of people cower to that dude i ain't one of them i'm not one of them sacco so i'm gonna go with cinco over sacco uh, on this on this little deal here, Sokoiak. Those of you that are wondering what I'm talking about, all right, let's move along. Sean, there's a move afoot right now within the league. Uh, the Athletic. Let me go to the Athletic here. Their coverage of this. We talked about this yesterday, first factual and furiously. Um. We talked about this yesterday on the air in real time as it was occurring. The athletic came behind last night and said the following. When SEC presidents vote Friday, the most likely outcome at this point is no outcome, putting off a decision yet again. Or, or this is what we talked about in the blog this morning. This is why you read, listen, watch the whole thing. 
or a stopgap solution, an eight-game schedule for 2024. The first with Oklahoma and Texas in the league and hoping that the media partner ESPN ponies up more money in exchange for going to nine games starting in 2025. There's still an outside chance the nine-game proponents went out this week and an even more outside chance that the eight-game format gets voted in permanently. So if you're ranking them of likely outcomes this week, the likely outcomes are, if you're going to rank them, the likely outcomes are stop gap one for the first couple of years till we wait for money, three plus six format, number two, and then the third is one plus seven permanently, that's it for Tennessee and Alabama. Stop gap, one, seven, format, eight-game schedule just for a couple of years. Number two is three, six with the three permanent six rotators, which, which upsets a lot of people. The three, six makes people mad because Sean, Nick Saban likes to talk out all sides of his mod-looking mouth, Brezhnev over there, which is ironic. He's morphing into Brezhnev because kids get a history book out and look at Brezhnev because he looks just like him. I'm morphing into Bob Hope, by the way, so it is what it is. We're all morphing. Cinco, Saban doesn't like his three. I mean, can we have some glass-nosed here? Cinco doesn't like his three. Brezhnev doesn't like his three. He doesn't like Tennessee, Auburn, and LSU as their permanent opponents. But then he stood up yesterday and said, if you made me king, we'd play 12 Power 5 games. When they schedule two literal kicking scrimmages a year, Sean. Well, when you've been with, like, Georgia, I heard you earlier this week and talking yeah. about their scheduling. It, the, the truth of the matter is Georgia could, Georgia could literally line up, you know, 12 top 20 teams and smoke them all uh, with a run they're on. Uh, so, it, it, okay, and Alabama's been on that run, too. <clears throat> I love Nick Saban. He is the he, – he, he's, he's pulling a – he's pulling a uh, – a trick that Steve Spurrier did several years ago uh, when he gets up and says that, because it's like when Spurrier said when he was in South Carolina or Florida, hey, I'm in favor of taking some of my money and paying the athletes. Well, it got a lot of good publicity and a lot of headlines and, and a lot of good goodwill toward him, but, it, it, you know, realistically, that's impossible. So he got he, he, he's proclaiming something that's not possible. Same here with Nick Saban. Um, I think this kicking the can down the road is is, is equal part looking for more money, but it's also looking for Nick Saban to retire or become less relevant than he is because he's the and he's earned it. He's the bell cow. He runs. Yeah, I hear you, Greg Sankey, but we yeah. know we know whose office. We know who has the power. Meet. That's right. We hey. know whose office you two meet in. And it's <laughs> if you if you went. And polled, most people around the SEC say there's more power, this guy or that guy. It's that guy over this guy. And we all know who that guy is. 
And we all know who this guy is. You know, in my mind, I keep going back and forth on this schedule deal. And I keep thinking, how could the SEC not have had a plan? But you know what? The SEC had a plan. Yesterday I was on here wondering aloud, how could you get in the spot you're in right now if you're the SEC and this Sankey guy's got it all together? But, you know, this looking like you're undecided thing is really kind of brilliant when you stop and think about it. I'll go before the camera, and I'll say I'm for the 3-6, and then we vote a 1-7 for two years, and then I go to ESPN and appeal for more money. Kind of brilliant if you stop and think about that. Nick Saban will go out and say we should play all Power 5 games. He's getting out anyway. Meanwhile, the guy that makes the most sense, Brian, in this thing, which to show you where we are, is Eli Drinkafith. Brian, Eli Drinkafith yesterday said, he said, now I'm going to get, you know, I'm a short-termer here so I can say this. How are you going to have a league that says it just means more and we're the only league that's going to play eight league games? Which is kind of what John Adams was saying. Last week. Like, are you going to change your slogan? Eli, drink a fifth, Bri. I want 10 league games to where everybody plays the same number of games home and away. Yeah, where it just means mo, mo, mo. Georgia and Florida and Oklahoma, Texas want to give up a home game so they can play a neutral site every year, every other year, then that's their business. Hang on. Isn't, Isn't Eli, drink a fifth, the same guy? That just in the in the next breaths uh, complained that um, some of the college kids of the NIL are making more money than his brother-in-law, who's a pediatrician. Correct. Yes, and, and, yes, he and, did. And, and not only that, what he failed to say is that he makes twenty times more than his brother-in-law, who's saving lives, and yet Eli Drinkwitz is essentially bald Butch Jones. Bad comb over Butch Jones. Bald Butchie. So anyway, but you know, I think another thing that's I think another thing that's kicked the can down the road is also a Satan thing, it's more money, but I think it also gives the SEC time uh, to evaluate what's gonna happen over in the ACC. So they don't have to recreate this contract every year and a half, every two years, because I I don't believe that the SEC is is static at sixteen teams over the next decade. I I believe you will we will absorb some of the higher profile teams from the ACC. That just that just only makes sense. Check out tclub.team today on my blog. You will see the stopgap plan explained and the ramifications and what it would mean. Essentially, what you would do is you go one seven. Two years in a row, one seven, and then you would turn around after those two years, and you would take the other seven teams. If in fact it comes to that, and they stay at eight, you would take the other seven teams that are not on your schedule, and you'd get them along with your permanent, and you'd play home, and you'd play away. And it's it's pretty self-explanatory. It's hard to explain over the radio, over the device, over the YouTube. 
which we're banned from, over the uh, all the visual stuff we're doing here, and then over the Twitter space. Over the Twitter space. So it's all, you know, it kind of is what it is. Let's go to the phones and get our next call in. Hello and welcome. You're on the air. Hello. Hey, Dob. Yeah, I'd like to move back to baseball for Hit a minute, it. if that's okay. Hit it, Ron. Uh, Tony Vitello was great. And, I was uh, better. I was better. He was pretty good, though, yeah. Yeah, he was pretty good. Uh, you got him out on that Friday night pitcher, which was great. <laughs> and uh, for people that are interested, I, uh, he's taken us to four NCAA appearances. And let me give you... Uh, uh, some stats on why the SEC is the grinder it is. The final coaches poll in baseball, by the way, we're number 16 in the final coaches poll. Yes. There's eight SEC teams in the top 25. Eight. ACC five, and then after that, Big 12 two, Pac 12 two, Big Ten won at number 25, Maryland. Big East won, mid-majors six. So the SEC with eight teams in that top 25, I mean, and he's taking us to four NCAAs. This is like going through a minor league baseball schedule just to get to the NCAA. Um, and that was Sean's point. Sean's point, the road is almost easier. It's just going to be how you handle the postseason. Now, look, they didn't handle it well the last time out. But, Sean, your point is pretty well taken in that it ain't going to get harder from here. It actually gets a little easier from here. And, by the way, if you're Tennessee and you can get through Clemson, you've got hope, Dr. Lynn. Because yes, that Auburn do. team is very beatable. That Auburn team's very beatable. I think we're in good shape if we just play ball the way we know how to play ball. You know, it's just uh, I know it's been a frustrating season, but we're thirty-eight and nineteen. I think so it's basically like you're winning two out of every three games you play, which I think most years everybody take that, but. Uh, yeah, we can get out of that region, and I don't care where we go after that. I mean, it'd be great if we could get a home super. But it's a new season. These guys got to realize that. Put everything behind you. Get in that dugout. We need compat- compatriots to get together, Tony. Compatriots. Calling all compatriots. And, uh, W. Lynn, thank you. I've got a, a wonderful guest. We're going to break some Lady Vol softball down as well as um, are the Clemson Tigers. That sounds great, Tony. I appreciate everything you all do. You're a great team. You're the man, brother. Thank you. We try. We're, we're, we call this our dysfunctional radio family. And I would like to welcome Christina Long onto the Tony Basilio Show on this Wednesday. She of the Greenville News, which is a really beautiful area, uh, the Tri-City area over there. And, uh, Christina, I welcome you in, and I hope you're having a wonderful day. And thank you for spending part of it with us here on the programma. Hi, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Christina, talk to me here. I know you've got a tremendous working knowledge of uh, Clemson, but also the Lady Vols are in action tomorrow 
in what many people are terming the Oklahoma Invitational down there in Oklahoma. And I guess the question is, because I was asked this yesterday on George Plaster's program, um, can anybody beat that Oklahoma team? Ma'am, it is really hard. So I covered Clemson in the Norman Super Regional last week um, and went out there. And I kind of thought, you know, I, I didn't predict Clemson would win. I thought maybe they could take one game, but I did think Oklahoma would win. But just what they were able to do against even the player that was just named player of the year last night um, was really remarkable. I just, I think, you know, only one team has beat them all season. I think it's going to be really hard to beat them twice at any point um and i mean for my money oklahoma is the national champion i just think they are the most complete team i've seen in really any sport in a while um and you know anything is possible postseason diamond sports are are always messy so you really never know but i i think it's a pretty safe bet christina clemson gave it a real a really, really great shot. I felt so mm-hmm. bad for their kids. I, I watched the last, the last inning, you know, and I think America's like this because I was watching something else, and somebody said on one of the telecasts I was looking at, I was watching Lady Ball game with Texas, and they said, mm-hmm. "Hey, uh, Clemson is up four runs going to the last inning. Mm-hmm. Was it three or four? It was four. It was four, and here comes Oklahoma." And they get a couple half swings at the ball, sort of chip mm-hmm. chip away, not full swings. This is we're controlling, or either they're lucky hits, or they knock balls over the first baseman's head on purpose, controlling mm-hmm. the bat. I don't know. You tell me. You were there, but I'm going. This can't be real. Somebody's getting ready to hit a home run. You could feel that mm-hmm. coming, Christina. Could you feel it coming? Mm-hmm. You really could, and actually, I think they were down three because I believe three. it was a three-run three run home that, that yep. tied it. Yeah, yep. so I just remembered. But yeah, I mean, it was it was really really crazy the way they started to string it together, and the fact that you know you would think you know if you're a believer in momentum, you would think that Clemson, you know, taking that lead, coming back, yep. um, and I mean, they were literally a strike away from winning. Clemson was twice, literally a strike away, twice, yeah. twice down to your last strike, <laughs> yeah. twice. The 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 gal that put the ball in play. Um, fought off a really good pitch and hit a ball right over the glove of the first baseman, which when you ask somebody, how do you win close to 50 games in a row? That's how you do it. You just believe. You believe you're going to do it. Yeah. I mean, they're they're definitely a team that does that, and, and it's really been remarkable to watch what they've done. And I think it's going to be really hard for anybody to, to get them twice, and basically they're almost a home field for them. And those Clemson kids, what was that like for you? That They had to be, were they dejected? Were they happy they pushed them like that? What was it like? You know, it was interesting. They So after the game, we spoke with one player, and she was actually a lot more um, sort of cheerful than I was expecting. Um, but she had a lot to say as far as really feeling like they had um, given it a really good fight. And the fact that it was such a crazy game, you know, she felt like they had learned a lot from the experience of going against a team like that um, in only their third full season of play. Um, so, you know, it's hard to say. Obviously, I think they were disappointed. I think a game like that in extra innings that was that back and forth was probably really exhausting um, and I think very hard because, you know, you go from 
being down to all of a sudden having it right within reach and thinking you're going to do it, you're going to end this streak that they've had, you know, all this stuff, and then within minutes it's taken away from you. So I think I think it was probably very exhausting, but I think at the same time they were kind of looking back on the seasons that they had and also the fight they were able to put up was, was really impressive. One other thing that was real apparent for me with Oklahoma, and I noticed this last year when I watched them, and Pooney, who plays for the Lady Vols now, was a part of this last year. They they mash baseballs, or softballs rather, but the size of those kids, it's insane how big they are. Mm-hmm. Even the ones that are kind of taller and thinner, look they even they look different. Was that apparent in person as well? Um, a little bit. I didn't notice it as much. I noticed it with um, the catcher that hit the, the tying home run when wow. she came in to talk post game. She was super tall, um, which was funny. But uh, and I'm short. I'm like five three, so everybody's mm-hmm. tall to me. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I kind of noticed that too. I think it's just a testament to the level of talent that they're able to bring in, being just a perennial contender. Let's talk about the Clemson Tigers, who Tennessee hoped to get to. Um. How is this playing over there? I, I understand that folks were like, oh, we have Tennessee in our regional. Uh, thanks for nothing. We're the, we're the fourth-seeded <laughs> team nationally. and It's weird the way they do this because they don't do it on merit. They do it on geography. Mm-hmm. And so At Tennessee ends up over can. there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's definitely interesting. I think there was a lot of panic, um, I think, that kind of happened. And then you had some other people being like, don't panic, you know, Clemson has beaten good teams, Tennessee has been bad on the road, you know, things like that. So I think there's definitely some some holding of breath. Um, And I've gone back and forth pretty much every hour since it came out on whether I think Tennessee is going to win this regional or Clemson. I I really am having trouble making my mind up. I think there's a lot of reasons one could or the other could. So, I mean, I think it's definitely going to make for an interesting regional, and everybody that's there is going to see some good games. Make the Clemson case for me, Christine, and then I'm going to ask you to make the Tennessee case. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Clemson is when you look at a lot of their numbers, they don't have any particularly eye-popping statistics or anything like that, but they've just found ways to win games, and I think in the postseason that's something that really matters. You know, they've won 16 straight. Um, They've gone on this crazy streak since, you know, starting the season, losing, I think, five of their first seven series, and suddenly they just kind of found a way to win they kind of felt like what do we have to lose at this point um and so i think they have that right postseason combination of being hot at the right time you know having a decent set of pitchers you know they got some guys back from injury that really helped as far as relief pitchers um and then you know they're hitting really well the hitting is really where they kind of really explode and i think they in the acc championship you know they got down they've been in a lot of comeback situations they've played from behind a lot they've had close games and they've just they've kind of seen it all at this point and i think that can really help them um and as far as tennessee goes i mean my understanding is that the offense can be really explosive and then it can also you know get one hit so i think that will present a problem for tennessee but also i think Tennessee is, you know, a great home run hitting team. And actually, we realized all all of the teams in this regional, except Clemson, are, I believe, in the top, I think, 26 nationally in home run hitting. Um, and I think Clemson's starting pitching 
could be vulnerable to that. I think, you know, they've got a freshman that starts regularly and he has a tendency to get hit a lot. Um, and so I think if Tennessee can really use the power that it has, I think it can rely on its pitching to maybe shut down this Clemson team that's unfamiliar with it. Um, and then I think they can use that power hitting against maybe some of the weaker pitchers. Brian Hartman has a question for you, Christina. Christina Long, Greenville News. Go ahead, Thank you. Thank you, Christina, for jumping on here. I got a couple things here. Clemson, you say they lost, what, five of their first seven series? So how so. do they mm-hmm. get from there to being a number four overall national seed? And secondly, do you think this is a Clemson program that hasn't advanced past a regional since, I think, 2010? Do you think these kids know that, and could that maybe force a little bit more pressure on them now that they're playing at home and look like they got a great chance to finally do something that hasn't been done in a while? Yeah, I mean, it's really been a remarkable turnaround. They won all, they won, so they lost five of their first seven, and then they won all of their last seven series. Um, and I think three, their last three regular season series were all sweeps. Um, and so they just, all of a sudden, like I said, they just started finding ways to win. They just started piecing it together. Um, and like, they got some guys back from injury, but nobody that was really, you know, like a dominant player that you were like, this team is different with this guy. They got a closer back that I think has really helped them. They didn't really have a true closer while he was gone. Um, his name is Ryan Ammons and you'll probably see him in release quite a bit this weekend, but, um, they got him back. They got a couple of relievers back, but nobody that was necessarily like a game changing player. But I think having some of that pitching back and then at the same time, their starters, it took them a while to kind of settle on a starting rotation and really figure out an identity there. Um, and those guys started having longer outings and they didn't really, you know, as these starters that are going deeper and doing better, they didn't really need um, to rely on these relievers that were struggling some with injury. So I think it was a combination of kind of a resurgence starting pitching and then also getting guys back. Um, and then as far as um, you said, kind of this, this belief that they have and then also the uh, stress of trying to make um, a Super Regional for the first time since, you're right, 2010. Um, I mean, I think that's probably something that they're aware of. Knowing Coach Backage, their first-year head coach, I, I doubt that is something that they are talking about frequently. Um, because I also think, you know, he's talked a lot about how they are playing with a very, you know, I think he said screw it attitude. You know, they feel very much because of that rough start, they got into a place where they felt very, you know, what do we have to lose? They started using kind of some funky plays. They executed a hidden ball trick. Like they really um, kind of started playing pretty free. Um, and I think now, you know, that they've got this win streak and they've got this attention at high seed, I think that will add a certain level of stress. But I do think that Coach Backage has really, it's been remarkable to see the, level of buy-in that he's gotten in this first year and they talk often about just kind of this this belief that they have and that even the coaching staff has been surprised at the way it's come together so quickly christina long on the tld logistics hotline online at tldlogistics.com we've been burning it up today on the tld logistics hotline and christina folks are wondering um should i make the trip should i not our, our people that are listening in the Carolinas as well, should I? What will ticket availability be like? Um, what kind of crowds will Clemson draw? What's the expectation? Will they sell it out? I know 6,400 seats or whatever it is when you count the, the grass it is, a, is a lot of people for a college baseball game. So um, give us the lay of the land there from your perspective. 
Yeah, I mean, it'll definitely be interesting to see. I think the fact that they haven't hosted a regional since, I think, 2018 was the last time, um, I think that'll add something to it. You know, this is not something that fans in the area are necessarily going to take for granted. It's not something that they've been recently used to seeing frequently. Um, and so I think that's certainly a draw, kind of feeling like this is a bit of a novelty as far as recent years. Um, I think the usual attendance number that they post for most games that have been happening in the regular season has been in the 4,000s. Um, I don't remember the seating capacity off the top of my head, but I mean, I think Tennessee fans, I'm, I'm expecting them to travel well. Um, I don't think the drive is that far i don't really remember three hours three hours or so yeah yeah. you got to go through the mountains Mm -hmm. as the crow flies very close those the the two places are very close but our fan base coming from here would have to go through Asheville, which is just no fun going through the mountains yeah all that winding but i think for those that are willing to brave the the mountain drive i think um that i expect them to travel pretty well and then also you know Fans from Charlotte coming down, that's only like an hour and a half. Um, that's another team. And then Lipscomb over in Nashville, I believe, or that yep. area, um, that's not far either. So I, I really think that this will be a well-traveled regional. Some of the regionals, you know, you mentioned how they, they do it geographically, but some of them have kind of some funky draws because the map just doesn't always work out. But I think this regional actually fits very nicely into that regional description. Um, so, I mean, I expect a pretty good crowd. I expect um, – Maybe a sellout or two. I think I think Clemson fans are going to be really, really excited about this. I really appreciate you uh, taking some time for us. Is there anything else you'd care to add here on the way out that we haven't touched on? And um, really wonderful of you to jump on with us today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I think it's going to be a really great weekend of baseball. And I, like I said, I keep changing my mind about who I think is actually going to win it. <laughs> Christina, I think... Uh, I don't blame you because I, I think this sport has proven the last couple of years it's extremely unpredictable. We saw that here last year when Tennessee's super team got beat by that Notre Dame team. I still can't believe that happened. Yeah, no, me neither. I mean, I grew up an Arkansas fan, so that 2021 Arkansas team that didn't make it either was, was kind of that similar sort of team of destiny that, that ends up falling short, and it's just crazy how it happens that way. Christina, thank you. Thank you so much. Christina Long, Greenville News. Hey, Sean, um, I'm almost to the point where I look at the baseball deal and I say I'd rather fight my way through the middle of a bracket than have to come in. We said it in the early part of the season, I wanted no part of being one of these top, uh, the, the top team in college baseball. When Tennessee was getting all that love, both of us said that, I think, in the offseason. I didn't want that. Now, I didn't want what happened, obviously, but I don't mind having to come through and fight your way through a bracket. I think those things work out both ways. Who knows? But I'll say this. What an incredible guest. Uh, whoever, Brian, whoever grabbed her, I, I hope she becomes a regular. I mean, how insightful was she? Both baseball and softball. I know softball is not a big thing on this, on this channel, but... Uh, well done, Brian. Well, she is a great guest, and if you haven't seen that Oklahoma team play, tune that in because you are in for a crazy, interesting treat. Brian, I don't know if you turned that on when the when the Lady Vol deal with Texas was going on last week, and they announced or they said, "Hey, over on," and they're just cross promoting. And I went over there because I wanted to see Clemson beat them. I was like, "Wow." 
because that was a foregone. And Clemson hit a home run in the bottom of the eighth. What it, well, I call the bottom of the eighth. In, but the bottom of the last, well, yeah, the, yeah, what 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 ended up being the final at bat. But they were the were they the away team or the home team? That again, that whole thing confuses me. Um, but Clemson ended. I up, think the. Go ahead. Yeah, they Oklahoma was the road team in game two. Would have been the home team in game three. Yep. I think that's how that works. So when we continue, I want to get Sean's thoughts. Because Tennessee is ripping it wide open right now when you look at the projections in recruiting. But amassing next year's class, Tennessee looks like they are making a move. I want to get Sean's thoughts on it. Kicking butt, taking names, all that good stuff. And and really beating beating the power players at the top of the sport for guys. This is not us talking ourselves into things. This is faux real. We continue. It's your Tony Basilio show. It's a Wednesday, reeling, rocking, and rolling after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer.
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring, followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Have you heard the news? The Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools has a new day and time. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus Saturdays at 10 a.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM to hear all about what's happening in and around Murray County Public Schools. The Big Yellow School Bus with Jack Cobb and friends on Front Porch Radio, Saturdays at 10 a.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. And uh, we welcome you back. Mondays, Mondays, it's a Wednesday, but, you know, I love it. I'm, all, I'm for it, not again it. Cinco, let's talk recruiting. Great Sean Sinclair, this wide receiver Tennessee's involved with right now and several other prospects. This thing is opening up right now, Sean. If you believe in recruiting momentum, Tennessee has it. We really do. Um, I have I have followed closely Tennessee football recruiting for 30 years, worked in the recruiting office of first uh, Bill Higdon, Tim Mingy, and then um, – Oh, who's the guy that went to Nebraska? Steve, um, 
Peterson? No, well, I can't remember. But uh, showed picked kids up from the airport, showed, took them down to Holiday Inn World's Fair, so did the whole deal, saw all the ins and outs. And I cannot remember a time, even during the championship years, where I've seen this kind of saturation of great talent being attracted to Tennessee. Uh, does it mean you're going to sign them all? No. But, as they say, you can't win the lottery unless you buy a ticket. Interesting. And getting kids, I mean, not people will clutch their pearls because the number one tight end in the country is going to Georgia. Okay. Okay. That doesn't need to be the number one tight end for Josh Heupel. I mean, you, you you need a good athlete there that's willing to block. Look, take a look at take a look at what he did to Princeton fans, who was a respectfully a throw in in recruiting to get Malik Gray. Was here six years, and then shuffled around to different positions. And I mean this with total respect and love for for um, Princeton fan. And then in his super senior season, he's throwing touchdowns. He's catching touchdowns. He's running touchdowns and becomes a household name. Well, that's okay. But you're seeing right now where the top wide receivers are looking at Tennessee. Uh, I think they, there's been some talk that Brian Wingo and uh, Mike Matthews, both five stars, heavily involved with Tennessee, already have a commitment from J.J. Harrell out of North Mississippi, who's an incredible player. Uh, that's still got to be recruited. And then some Kingston Lopa uh, was in. And a lot of this is coming from uh, Austin Price, who does a wonderful job over there, by the way. Give him credit. Um, but that's just that. We've seen that kind of recruiting here with the uh, uh, our favorite, Jason Swain, Brett Smith, and, um, oh, the kid from Oklahoma. I went to the Meacham, Sorry. Robert Meacham. Yeah, Robert Meacham. Excuse me, Robert. Sorry about that. With that class, we've seen those things before. But what we haven't seen is just the four- and five-star defensive linemen, four- and five-star yep. linebackers, uh, big-time offensive linemen. You know, the thing was that you know there was a narrative that Tennessee couldn't recruit offensive linemen, and then all of a sudden we get a guy go top ten. That's right. Uh, uh, Glenn Ellerby, and everyone's talking about Ellerby right now. You got the number one player in the country who's on deck to be your quarterback. You bring in, even with that heat, you bring in Merklinger, who's a fantastic quarterback out of the, uh, off the East Coast. And you're in, you're in contention with a lot of the other guys. So, um, Josh Heupel has absolutely proven, um, uh, but he, he has absolutely crushed my narrative that he was a, a spotty recruiter when he came in, uh, whether it's his team over there, where it's the high brothers and all those guys, whether it's the coaches, whatever's going on yep. over there, yep. we we are now a power player in recruiting. You just look, You just took the top player in a monster of an offensive tackle out of Colorado with all with all the the uh, spotlight on Deion Sanders and what he's got going on over there. And the so you're telling me in, in your mind in your mind Tennessee football's back. Uh, there's no question it's back. 
Back. There's absolutely no question. That was that. not and, a flash in the pan last year. It. Back. Everybody knows it. Well, that's, let's get real. The only reason Nick Saban is whining is because Tennessee is no longer a pushover. You knew LSU was going to be LSU, and you knew Auburn was going to be Auburn. If Tennessee was with with uh, if his intern was still coaching, he wouldn't be squawking like this. Really? Because he, yeah. like Brian said, he's been playing these he's been playing these three teams for the past 40, 50 years. Really interesting development as well. And then we'll go to the phones in Tennessee hoops uh, recruiting or Tennessee hoops. Josiah Jordan James is returning. Mike Wilson of the New Sentinel who does a great job covering the team, is reporting that he's going to join the team as a walk-on. I've been telling you for a couple months now, which is highly accurate, that Rick Barnes sat down with that class and said, you guys are not welcome back here, meaning as scholarship players. I've never seen a guy come back and walk on at a place. Now, to clarify that, you said Santi would be able to come back. And that's it which is accurate. Josiah Jordan James is going to come back here as a walk-on. That's called unheard of. That's called, that guy loves this place like it's insane. That's also called, called NIL. It's also called NIL. It's also called New Era. Well, that's great because I like him. Great kid. I've always, I've always thought he was a well. I, I can't explain what happened to him last year. Um, I'm not, I'm not bunch of injuries. He was always injured. Yeah, I'm not well, buying it. I ate a bunch of injuries. I believe that. But, but I heard I, Rick Rick Barnes Rick Barnes seemed skeptical at times about that. Yeah, I think, um, and again. Barnes sat those guys down one by one. And when we said it, people didn't believe me. But he said, y'all aren't welcome here. And and one by one, those guys left the program. And then today, he's announcing that he's coming back, but they're full. And the people that are on Twitter Spaces know that Sean told me that because Rothstein had put, put a tweet out saying, hey, he's coming back. But Mike Wilson has the story which is interesting, which is the backstory is he's going to come back as a walk-on, which means you're not going to take a scholarship, which is exactly what we were reporting, which is kind of amazing. I mean, as I sit here today, I didn't even consider that. That's amazing. That's I think amazing. another thing you take from this is that perhaps – his career path forks off instead of the professional uh, way that most people thought. I think he, I think he starts looking at going into the coaching profession because if you, Maybe. you look at he's he's a natural for that. Incredibly, incredibly bright, incredible, incredibly um, easy on the camera and talking. He was a trusted go-between or buffer between Barnes and the young kids. Um, he's a nice player. Nice player. And, um, and and I mean, you take a look at 
That good for nothing Stephen F. and Pearl's making quite a living as an assistant coach in the SEC. Good for him. So, yeah. So the point being that uh, you can make you can make as much or a lot more money than being a high level Fortune 500 executive. Triple J. Basketball. Uh, Josiah Jordan James, and it's ironic Tennessee's playing Clemson because he's from over in that neck of the woods. That's a guy that. That's like Mr. Vall right there. Ernie Banks, let's play two. Let's go to the phones. 865-200-5402. Really interesting development with uh, with the basketball program. Hello and welcome into our next call, live and in living color. Welcome in. Hi, Tony, Sean, Ronnie Boy. What's going on, fellas? Josh, how we doing, brother? Where are hey, we on the you. highways and byways today? Where are you today? Josh? Uh, I'm in the... Martinburg, South Carolina, and back, Tony, getting ready to load up and head back to Cross Mountain. Are those people there feeling the noise in Spartanburg? Do they know what's about to befall them with the, the Tennessee Volunteers are going to reign supreme on them? No, but I, I, I will be there, Tony, loud and proudly in the morning. Oh. Got tickets for Friday night, uh, 6 o'clock. Josh will be in attendance. Boom. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, hope we can get a run started here, Tony. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Chris Lee spoke about pitching. Uh, we got a real opportunity with how deep our, our, our pitch staff is if we can, uh, field the baseball and play a little defense. I think, uh, I think we got some for them, Tony, but Christina Long I'm, said it, you know, who covers them. And I'm sure you heard that, but she said, you know, I just look at Clemson, and the, and the thing I can't get over is just the lack of pitching depth. And she said, that's why in the back of my mind I keep thinking, not a good matchup for them. And uh, they don't, we seem to be susceptible to the home run, and they've not hit a ton of home runs, so that's another thing, I think. Tennessee has one arm after another, Josh, to throw at people. I don't think people understand in in, in – like last week, for instance, what a great, great accomplishment for those Charlotte kids to get to where they are. And the young man we had on yesterday was incredible. His parents, if you're listening, uh, much love to you. Support staff folks over there, head coach over there at Hardin Valley, much love. What a great job developing that young man. Really impressive. Really impressive. Um, the truth is, the kid from Kentucky, their workhorse, th- Josh threw 173 pitches to get him there. How much is he going to have left Friday night, Josh? You played that yeah, sport. I mean, baseball's a funny game, Tony. You never know with kids how they'll respond to the to the situation. But uh, we got to knock him out early, Josh. 173 yeah, we pitches. Get to him. We got to get, get to him. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, put the ball in play. We don't need to go for striking out. No, we know, and we got to be selective. We can't be first pitch swinging on a guy that threw 173 yeah, pitches, especially, Sean. Especially, you know, especially needs yeah. to be more selective. Good, Brian. I'd I'd like to see us get a pretty sizable lead and then have that Fisher kid come up there with nobody on base and just see if we can throw a fastball right by him. Well, I think it was challenging. Well, he can't really I, hurt you. I would not want to be a team right now that has to face. A Dolander who sat there and watched his draft stock 
drop in the first round. You're right. And then all of a sudden uncorked one of the best games I've ever seen. <laughs> His last start uh, just <laughs> to get, you know, have a have, have a uh, untimely uh, decision not work out for us. I would not want to see Chase Burns coming off uh, a situation where he essentially looks responsible for us not sweeping South Carolina and perhaps hosting a regional. I would not want to go deep into the tournament where you have Halverson, who made his first start and looked electric. <clears throat> um, Lindsay, who comes out and was dominant, maybe 13 Ks or something like that. Uh, and then Bean, who got his mojo back on the last game against South Carolina. Uh, A.J. Russell, who's looking good for a freshman. Uh, and some of these other guys. Um, somebody's going to have to feel the pain on that. And, I, I mean, I, I really think that's going to happen. I just want to see some intensity, Sean. I, I want them to play loose, but I want them to be – you know, in playoff baseball, uh, the intensity's amped up, and uh, but I don't, I don't want to see them play tight. I want to see them play loose, and uh, I think we've got as much talent. I mean, in that staff, if we, you know, if they show up and they and we play some defense behind them, and don't give this, these teams multiple opportunities uh, with errors and uh, stupid mistakes on the base pass, uh, I think we can make a real run, a serious run at this thing. So. I'm hopeful. I'm uh, ready for some playoff baseball, Tony. Some uh, uh, NCAA tournament. Yep. It'll be my first one, and I'm really fired oh, up. Oh, that's about awesome, it. man. Hey, I uh, hope. Hey, hey, listen. Hey, Josh. I hope the Vols do better than your Braves did last year up in Philly. Well, I mean, uh, Blastwell finds Acre in there once in a while, Tony. I mean, uh, I've listened to you give poor old Brownie boy hell all week on here, and it's it's. You know, it's really uh, uncalled for. Uh, well, what? You think I'm a cheap shot artist? Huh? Get after him, Josh. Get after him. I mean, come on, Tony. You're actually a Sixers fan talking crap to the Celtics. I mean, let's get real here. You know, that's like I'm listening to all these South Carolina fans wanting to talk about Tennessee for some reason all of a sudden. I mean, win something. Uh, and then we'll talk. You know what I'm saying? So, Well, you you got to give a message to the South Carolina fans. That's something you and I will agree on. Dabo Swinney can run out there in front of his team, and um, lucky, lucky you, as they say in the trade, Dabo Swinney can run out in front of his team all he wants. But I know one thing. He's running from Josh Heupel right now because they know what time it is, Josh. There's a new sheriff in town, Josh. I live listen to Sean talk about that recruiting, Tony. It's starting to feel like uh, feel a little like old days. I mean, we're starting to get this thing back, get it the way it's supposed to be. So uh, everything's looking up, Tony. Let's win this regional and uh, host the Super Regional. Y'all hang in there. Take you're care of seat, guys. You're my man. Back to the phones we go. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hello, Tony. Go right ahead. I got two minutes. Hit it. Three minutes, hit it. Okay, how you doing, Tony? Good, buddy. Um, so I, you know, I believe, I believe. You believe what? Say it again. This cannot be happening to this poor guy. 
Caller of the day. Yeah. Cal, Hoons, Copper, Card, Call, O'Day. The C. In the, year, in the age of technology. The O, the D. Listen to that, would you please? Here he comes back. Bill? Sorry for yelling, Sam. Bill, what do you got? Okay, this clipped phone of mine. Yep. That sort of urinating me off. I don't blame um, you. Yeah. It's entertaining me, but it's urinating you off. But continue. Yeah. And, um, and, and uh, you know, I believe we could take Clemson. Yep. I really do. Because I really do. It's like what I've always said to you. If we could put our minds to it, we could do it. And you know I what, believe, though? Tony Valls needs I, to use his head for something other than a hat rack. Because yeah. that move he made over there at South Carolina with Dolander, he better not do that this time around, Sean, if he's throwing one of those gems. Yeah, I think that's what That was you not good, that. Tony. So, right, you know, Cinco? I'll, right, Cinco? That's not going to be in one of Tony Valls' greatest hits. That would be under the column of Mulligan. So I, I, so I really, I really, I really do feel, I really am confident that that we're we're going to advance. I don't know and, and make it to Omaha. You know, and on another note, Josh, you know I love you, buddy, but all of this talk about tradition when it comes to us playing Alabama, I think we ought to just. Forget about this tradition. This is not Fiddler on the Roof, Josh. If the SEC adopts an eight-game schedule at the end of this league schedule, they need to change that slogan to it just means more. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram thanks St. Jude Children's Hospital for their admirable work. We are committing to their cause of providing quality care to families in need at no cost to them by donating $150 for every new vehicle sold. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is proud to partner with St. Jude for the fourth consecutive year. If you are currently in the market for a new vehicle, visit the team in-store or shop online at Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia.net to help families protect what matters most. You can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. 
Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, the 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Coach, baseball is back, and WKRM 103.7 is excited to bring you coverage and sponsorship options for this 2023 season. That's right, Taff, and this year our advertising partners have the option to sponsor our live Little League coverage, Atlanta Braves coverage, or a combo package that carry both of them. This area loves baseball, and what a great way to support the community by helping us bring coverage of our Little League, but also taking a moment to promote local businesses. People are crazy about the Atlanta Braves. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's something special and timeless about baseball radio broadcast. There sure is. So visit Front Porch Radio TN and click on the blue Advertise With Us button for more information about how your company can sponsor baseball of all kinds this season with WKRM. Each week on History's Hook, we'll be bringing you interesting and informative stories from the past in an effort to connect the history in our own backyard to the big events that compose national and world history. I'm your host, Tom Price. This is not your high school history class. We're going to make history fun and compelling. We're going to get you hooked. History's Hook with your host, Tom Price. Saturdays at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. Right here on WKOM 101.7 FM Front Porch Radio. Join us for a journey through time. 
I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Want to experience Spring Hill in one day under one roof? Now is your chance. Spring Hill's most popular annual community event, Experience Spring Hill the Event, presented by Liberty Federal Credit Union, is back and jam-packed with fun at Summit High School on Saturday, June 24th from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. You can learn more about this exciting event at experiencespringhill.com. We hope to see you there. This is Estate Plan Stan at Prochowski Estate Law. Here are some of the questions I get asked. Can I protect my child's inheritance from a divorce? Can I protect my children's inheritance from creditors or lawsuits? What if my child has a drug or alcohol problem? Can I protect their inheritance from that habit? What if I have a special needs child that cannot own property? The answer is yes. Call me at 931-363-7222 for one of my family vision meetings. Your family will thank you. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.